Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. All right, you need to take the time and get the full picture. Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. This is the Annie Fry Show. And welcome in. I'm Brian Recker, filling in for Annie Fry one more day here. I guess apparently you can still say Happy New Year, but this is the last day to say Happy New Year, according to Larry David. I guess he addressed this on one of the Curb Your Enthusiasms. Brad, are you still okay with saying Happy New Year, or do you feel like this is a little bit too far out to be mentioning that? It depends on if I have talked to you or spoken to you since New Year's. So I'll do it this I'll do it the whole the whole week, and then after that, if I haven't spoke to you, then I won't say it anymore. Yeah, so like Annie comes back, and she gets to introduce herself to the audience again in 2024. She's allowed to say Happy New Year to the audience because she hasn't been on since then. That's like okay for her. That would be acceptable. Larry David says no, that is unacceptable. Happy New Year. <sighs> it's a little late, frankly, for the Happy New Year's, you know? Why? Just happened a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that's too long. A statute of limitations. Yeah. It's kind of run out on the new year. Three days. Plenty. Three days. Three days is plenty. So you got January 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. That's your three days. Today is the third day, meaning that today's the last day to be saying Happy New Year. I think there's something to that. It's almost like, I mean, can you say Merry Christmas? How far after Christmas can you say Merry Christmas? Uh, like basically day of and then afterward. It's kind of like that's that a little stretch even a I, day after. I'll give you the whole week up until New Year's Eve. Well, I think you can say Happy New Year before New Year, just like you can say Merry Christmas before Christmas. And after Christmas, you have a week until the next big holiday, essentially. So that's why you're you're looking forward by saying Happy New Year, and you're done with Christmas. And here in Michigan, the fire marshal for the state is already warning people, if you are still saying Merry Christmas and you got that real tree up, you got to get that thing down because it's a fire hazard by now. You probably had it up for six weeks, and it's dry 
we don't want this thing catching fire in your house, oh. so get it out of there. So there is a statute of limitations on Christmas. Normally, it's a put your stuff down the weekend after, and you're done saying Christmas. Uh, but some people pointed out the 12 days of Christmas means that we're still in the window of Christmas up until like the 6th or 7th. So I guess technically you can still be celebrating. I don't even know when you start counting those 12 days. No one does. It's a catchy song, and you know we're not getting Lords of Leaping around here anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm a little frustrated like if, by that. Yeah, I know. Seriously, you go into Walmart and you're like, where's all the Lords of Leaping? Like after Halloween, you go in and you look for all the discounted candy. I look for discounted <laughs> Lords of Leaping. And really, what is... <laughs> Where do you even find one of those anywhere? I mean, would you like have to go online to Facebook Marketplace and saying I'm in search for a couple of Lords of Leaping? Or is it like an Uber service where you can rent them for a couple hours? And then again, what kind of job do they do? Do they show up in your house and they're just jumping around, leaping around? And do you want that? Like Because in my mind, I don't know what they are. But if I had to guess, it would be a bunch of guys in like uh, spandex and leotards. Yeah. And they would just be like pantaloons yeah and they'd be wearing like those ballerina type of shoes you know with the no soles on them so those are the type of things i would imagine and then if that's true then i mean they don't just have those laying around for the fun of it they're probably pretty expensive i will not find them on discount at walmart or target or anywhere else but i can say in my entire life given that i've lived on this planet for as many years as i have i've never once been offered a lord of leaping and I don't know if I want to go to the Urban Dictionary and find out what some of the other meanings of that is. Uh, is our guest on the line, Brad? I think he maybe. Is. This is a pretty exciting time for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Joining us now is the head coach, Anthony Beck. Thank you for coming on to 97.1 FM Talk. You got it. Yeah, appreciate you. Happy New Year. This is a very interesting time for the Battlehawks. They came off of the XFL where they really lit the city of St. Louis on fire. You had the best crowds in the entire league. You had the recognition that St. Louis did it right. And this was basically the model market for all the other teams. Then there was some uncertainty because of COVID. Now we're in the merger stage and they're planning ahead with St. Louis Battlehawks making the merger, being able to move forward. This is a very exciting time for the team. And I'm sure you're excited as well. Oh yeah. Really excited about the merger and and the possibilities of how this League now can grow, being one singular spring league throughout uh, throughout the year, and uh, just uh, excited to be back in St. Louis, the city, everything about it, uh, the fan base. Uh, 2023 was awesome, and I just wanted to carry over to 2024. I wanted to be great. I want more fans to come out. I really think there's a lot more fans that were intrigued, not quite sure, didn't get to try it out. I want them to talk to somebody about it because I know everybody had a great experience. And again, we had a really good team and we're only going to make it better. I can't wait to, to roll out some of the new players and, and some of the players coming back. So it's going to be uh, a really fun time and really a year for me being year two, got my feet wet last year, first time head coach. I want to win a championship. So we're going to do everything possible. Not only the fact that the league is back and it's in St. Louis again, but to make sure this team Rise, raises their game up to win win a championship for the city. I guess the XFL was owned by wrestling. You would see the pictures of the McMahons, and you know you get the special guests that would come in. So, is there a special suite reserved for the Rock every night? 
You know what? His specials, he's probably got every game on like, you know, nine TVs uh, at his, his house. He can't be everywhere, obviously, uh, every single weekend. I'd love for him to come to St. Louis. I know with scheduling and the way our home home games were pushed a little bit about three or four weeks into the season last year, he really wanted to be there opening day. So, uh, yeah, listen, you know, great ownership. Obviously, he he is one of the the, the visual leaders, the guy the, the guy that kind of everybody knows about. He really has a strong passion about what we're doing. And, of course, now Redbird Capital being the bulk owners at 50% and Fox at 50%, uh, you know, th- those are the two kind of titans that have come together and really now feel like they can deliver – a long-term uh, opportunity here with this, uh, with the UFL. Yeah. So, really, what does change? Are there anything that the fans will notice uh, post-merger that'll be different to them? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, they'll see uh, four new teams, obviously, that have come over from the USFL, which now it's a USFL division. Uh, we'll play those teams obviously once a year, and then um, you know, I, I think two. Fans can be happy about our playoff structure. You know, divisional winners obviously will be in the playoffs. And then the next two teams will be the best records. So that bodes well for, for, for 2023. If that rule was intact, we would have been in the playoffs. Now that, that gets at least the four best teams, regardless of what uh, division you're in. So really excited about those changes. There may be a rule or two that we – may take from the USL versus what we had in the XFL. But, you know, other than that, I really don't see much changing except teams, colors, and some new faces coming into town. So what happens player-wise? Is there like a supplemental draft, considering that some teams are post-merger, some aren't? Uh, are there new players to pick from? How do you make your roster from here on out? Yeah, well, the bulk of our roster, our strong nucleus of core players, we picked up year one who did a fantastic job. We can secure the bulk of those guys. And, of course, we had, you know, we led the league with NFL players going in the training camp and signing contracts, which close to 16 players. So that's the bulk of our starters. Only a six or so of those were core guys that stayed in the NFL for the entire season. And they will have an opportunity to come back, depending on how their contract, contract structure will be, uh, moving forward with the league, but we love, we like to say we're getting most of those guys back. We've already had two mini drafts where we've, uh, drafted a few, uh, mini camp incoming rookies that weren't drafted in the NFL that weren't signed that were on the street. We also signed a few street players and now we'll have a draft this week, actually Friday, where we'll pick from the four teams in the last year's XFL that are, were eliminated moving forward to this year. So, those four teams, those players will now be in a pool for all the other teams in just the XFL side to pick. And the USFL will do the same. And then we'll have one more in the middle of the month where everybody will be accessible. And, of course, the remaining preseason practice squad players in the NFL that finish the season but yet don't renew their contract, they'll also be eligible to come in uh, to our teams as well and, and, and per se, a recruiting process. So we have to sell for them to sign with us. And we feel good about that. A lot of players between me and you and the audience listening want to play for the battle Hawks. Want to come play for me. That's a great sign of what we're doing. And we've already been able to pick up a few key guys in free agency. And now with this moving forward, hopefully we can sprinkle in a couple key pieces that helped other teams in our league that really will help us get over the top and make our run. Anthony Beck joining us, head coach of the St. Louis battle Hawks and 
you know, I haven't checked. Are tickets available yet? Have they started pre-sale tickets for the next season? Yeah, everything on XFL. I, be, I believe uh, XFL.com backslash tickets or just go to XFL.com. Click on um, the tickets. Uh, is, uh, you know, I'd have to double. You got to quote me if the UFL.com is active yet. But the XFL.com I know will be. And uh, you can get tickets. Yeah, we opened up the upper deck early uh, in the, in the, before the holidays. So there's a lot going on, a lot of specialty seats. It's a great value. And, again, I just really think that, you know, the fans that watch us from afar that didn't get a chance to experience the games live, it's super fun. It's very quick. It's very value, uh, of value to the families and their kids and everything around it. And, again, the passion of the fans were so good last year. We broke every – the top five attendance spring football records ever were us last year in the history of spring football. I'd like to break all five of our records that we broke <laughs> moving forward uh, in 2024. All right. Can I ask you some questions about the emotions of being a head coach? Is that okay? I'm I'm just kind of curious. This isn't really, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more of like a, I don't want to say a personality type of thing, but so for example, I'm up here in Detroit and we have the Detroit lions and they played just uh, recently in Dallas and you saw how the referees, the, the eligible player controversy, and you hear these things. And I see the way that the coach, Dan Campbell reacts for the Lions. And I thought, man, if that was me, I'd have been throwing a chair like Bobby Knight onto the field. So when you're so emotionally invested in your guys and you look at that and you think the referees made the bad call, obviously there's always time to dissect it. But in the moment, you're just furious about what happened in a game. How do you manage your emotions to keep level-headed so you know that doesn't affect things later in the game? How do you do that? Yeah, well, you know, you're you're obviously being the head coach. Your your body language and the things you do really do kind of get the most out of your players, both good and bad. Uh, you know, clearly in that situation, obviously Dan Campbell, very emotional guy, kind of wears it on his sleeve. You know, I thought I had a little different view on that whole thing. I thought they were kind of being cute and tried to hide things a little bit, and not be clear on how they were kind of. Uh, making a player come in and 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 uh, make them an eligible player, you know, from my direction, you know, you make it very clear. You can't trick anybody. They're going to tell them. So, you know, at the end of the day, the play works or it doesn't. But you know, again, you saw the miscommunications that happened, and those are the things that you know kind of put you at risk. But you know, for me, you know, one thing I've tried to do last year, if you go back and just remember, I was very emotional on the highs of the game because I just I want to show my excitement for my players. I'm happy guys score, make big plays. You know, it's just part of the game, man. That's part of being a fan as well, like getting the emotionals. When the downsides happen, when the issues happen, when the reps make, you know, a bad call or whatnot, I try to keep calm because I found that the, the officials sway towards my way because of my calmness in those moments, just how I picked up their kind of sense of the way they talk to me throughout a game. And I'm like, you know what? This may actually be a benefit if I'm not climbing down the back of these guys' necks. Now, is that persuading them to make great calls for us? or anything? I don't know. But, hey, persuasion is the best, best thing uh, you can have sometimes, uh, but the way you treat those guys. But, you know, to me, to yell at a player and do those things and, and get a little nuts on the negative side, I can do that in practice during the week when I can really push the buttons of my players. But when they're out there, man, like I know that feeling. I know guys are going to not – play perfect every single snap, you know, I, I, I let the thing kind of play out. Four quarters of football, man, we'll see what the scoreboard looks like. We'll celebrate and show our emotions on the positive end, but, man, you got to keep it cool on those other – and it is a challenge. It's tough and it's a learning process because you want to 
you know, I've bit my tongue a million times when things have happened, and I, you know, I want to curse somebody out, and I want to. But you know, what? cameras are on us, man. Like you, you know, okay. watching our game, like they put cameras and the mics. Everything you say or do is going to get picked up. So you want to be strategic too on how you say those things too, because everybody out there watching can hear. Right. Okay. One more question, if you don't mind, if you got time. But um, yeah, you get all the national attention to the national broadcast for games like this. And you see the fan reaction and the fans are going crazy and they're tailgating and they're coming to downtown and they're just coming in droves and they're filling the stadium like no other team. And you see the caca. Does the caca happen in the locker room? Do the players embrace that or is that just a fan thing? Yeah, you know, I think it's more a fan thing. The guys will, you know, kind of, you know, have fun with it throughout the year. I, you don't really hear that in the in the locker room. Now, after a victory, guys are having fun. You may hear a couple call, call. You know, it, it gets a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, rambunctious in the locker room after a W. But uh, the fans are all on it. I mean, it was around before I got there. You know, so uh, we've kind of embodied that, taking it in. It's kind of the expression that the fan base has kind of come up with. With uh, with this team. And I think it's great. I mean, you know, like I said, the most engaging fan base in all of spring football and all spring sports. And uh, again, St. Louis, they can do what they want, man. I, I'm all about it. As long as they show up and have a great time and I can give them a great product. Uh, I think it's best for everybody. That's great. You got to earn the caca. Okay. Anthony Beck, head coach of the St. Louis Battlehawks, had a great time. And congratulations on the merger. I know St. Louis is going to lead the way again in this league, not only in attendance, but with wins. And I hope that you can bring home that championship. Thank you for joining us here on 97.1. You got it. Thank you very much. Go Battlehawks. Go Battlehawks. Fantastic. What a great head coach to have here in St. Louis. Oh, he's uh, a lot of fun. are very lucky to have him. Uh, coming up in a few minutes, hey, uh, before- you know, I guess since we're talking about football oh brad are yeah you, are you wearing your battlehawks stuff right no, now? no i'm not wearing my battlehawks stuff but i'm wearing my battlehawks color i did confirm the ufl it's the ufl.com that mm-hmm. website is up and running and in the when you go to that website in the upper right hand corner it says get tickets and that's where you can find tickets i went to a game last year and i haven't had that much fun in a long time it's a party atmosphere so i would highly recommend going and catching a game everyone said that yeah honestly anyone that went there said that and there was a lot of hype and this is one of the things that actually met the hype i mean mm. how many times have you heard things hyped up and it actually met the expectation this one i think exceeded the expectation in a lot of ways oh it was, it was a blast uh, speaking of football, you know, what's going on with this Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers stuff? So there's a lot of drama between them. And if you go to any of the news sites, that seems to be one of the, their top headlines that people are clicking on. Let's look into that coming up after the break. I'm Ryan Recker filling in for Andy Fry on 97.1 FM Talk. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. And Brad, you did a great job booking for the show today. There's all kinds of great guests, including Battlehawks Talk to start the show off. It doesn't get much better than that. Evan Brown from Fox News is going to join us looking at some of the new gun laws on the books starting 2024, some more strict than others. And DeRoy Murdoch, nationally syndicated columnist, a member of Project 21, joins us next hour. So we have a lot to get to over the course of the show. And I'm always excited to talk about it. But one of the things that you see on the headlines right now, there's a couple of things. Uh, when I went to the New York Post, because they did, I think, a really good rundown of this whole Jimmy Kimmel, Aaron Rodgers feud. And then they have the breaking news banner right up top. Identities of previously sealed names in Epstein-related case slated to start dropping today. Ooh, it's happening. Yesterday, I was watching Twitter, and this is what everyone was talking about. They were hitting F5 to refresh their page over, refresh, 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 refresh. And I think that Elon Musk tweeted out that they had the most traffic in the history of Twitter yesterday. And I think everyone's waiting to see these names that are going to be released from these court documents regarding some of the people that were associated with Jeffrey Epstein, the notorious... Uh, child predator. Uh, what would you call him? Like, what would be the right title for Jeffrey Epstein? He would be the most notorious child trafficker. What, like, what would he be? Dirtbag. Biggest dirtbag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a lot of dirtbags. Um, I think you almost have to make sure you include that he was pimping out underage girls yeah. to his friends, and I don't know if you would say clients, but still. You have to make sure the sexual side of his crimes, the nature of his crimes are put into his title. So we're going to keep an eye on that. I can't wait to see who the names are on this. But one of the things that really got Jimmy Kimmel upset is that he hates it when people speculate his names on the Epstein list. And with the list within hours of coming out and he's out there really upset that someone speculates he may be on it, I'm going to assume his name's not on it. Just because so close to the release, why would you deny it like an hour before it comes out? That seems like a really foolish thing to do. So we'll just say uh, Jimmy Kimmel probably not on the list. However, Aaron Rodgers in the past has had issues with Jimmy Kimmel. And it goes back to the times during COVID and the vaccine when Aaron Rodgers decided he wasn't going to take the vaccine. And he kind of sidestepped the question there for a while. Um, when the league had its own regulations, you know, I think Aaron thought he was being smart in the way he was answering the question, given the impression that he was vaccinated, meaning that he took the Pfizer or he took the Moderna or whatever. But ultimately, he did not. But he gave kind of like the, the way he answered it made it sound like he did, which uh, they thought was, you know, uh, not the greatest way to handle it. But still, he got a lot of made fun of for that. And on top of that, Jimmy Kimmel was always overly aggressive when it came to vaccine issues. If you remember Jimmy Kimmel, I mean, he even joked about laughing at you dying if you went to the hospital. And what did he call you? Uh, good luck, Wheezy. Hope you, you know, see you soon or whatever. So he's mocking people that are dying 
of COVID. And now, in retrospect, we're a couple of years removed, and we started to learn more about how the government lied to you, the effectiveness of the vaccine in the boosters. And really, now that we start to get more data, we realize that the Jimmy Kimmel's of the world joking about people dying was in very poor taste, even if he thought that this vaccine was going to be the miracle cure that would prevent all deaths, right? You're in a club and you decide to be in the club of life. And if you're not, then guess what? You're in the club that gets mocked. And a lot of liberals did this and a lot of them had not the best intentions. They really didn't care about those people. They thought it was their duty to government to comply to these things. And it was a really uh, poor reflection of how the super far left just absolutely showed their true colors in a lot of ways. They haven't changed in some ways either, given that the circumstances and our um, understanding of COVID continues to change. And the more government documents that get released and behind the scenes conversations are released, we realize that the government did not act in good faith. They acted in a way to try to manipulate behavior, not based on perhaps truth, but based on what would get the result they wanted. And now you have to question what were their motives to try to get what they wanted. Was it in your best interest or was it in someone else's best interest? Or was it in a corporation's best interest? What was it? I think those questions are valid questions. So let's go back to this feud. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel mocked Aaron Rodgers over and over again, mocked a lot of different people when it came to COVID and was really, you know, in poor taste in the way that he made these jokes. And the thing is, if Aaron Rodgers would have died, um, I'm sure Jimmy Kimmel would have made a joke about it. I, I think there's no question about it. He he would have went out there and made some sort of dancing on the grave joke or whatever. And that's just the way Jimmy Kimmel is. So, when Aaron Rodgers says one thing to Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Kimmel says, I'm going to sue you if you bring this up, it shows just how thin-skinned Jimmy Kimmel is. The guy that wore blackface, sang songs using the N-word, <laughs> joked about and was like in, enjoyed the idea and pleasured in the idea that people would die. Um, this is the guy that if one person suggests, oh, I can't wait to see if your name's on this list, like Aaron Rodgers did, then, oh my goodness, I'm going to sue you for saying something bad about me. What a thin-skinned baby Jimmy Kimmel is. So let's listen to the comments from Aaron Rodgers. This was the Pat McAfee show, I believe. Let's take a listen. This has something to do with the Epstein list that came out. <laughs> Feels like it. Feels like it. That's supposed to be coming out soon. That's supposed to be coming out soon. Look, this guy's been it's waiting in his wine people. cellar. Yeah. I've been waiting in my wine I'm cellar for this thing. There's a lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> All right. All right. Obviously, a clip from this particular program was run on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, whenever Aaron brought up the, the list and then. Jimmy mocked him for it. Mm -hmm. Aaron has not forgotten about that. But here we are sitting right in front of that nice bottle of scotch. Mm -hmm. What do you say? I'm waiting to celebrate something. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's awesome. been waiting That's for the that. one. <laughs> You've been waiting for hey, I'll tell you what. If that list comes out, I definitely will be popping, popping some sort of bottle. All right. So that was the comments you heard Aaron Rodgers kind of in the echoey background. Did it sound like that was like the most harsh terrible thing that you could possibly say about it. Not at all here. And Jimmy Kimmel's like, if you bring that up, I hope you have good lawyers. Cause I'm going to sue you. It's essentially Jimmy Kimmel's thoughts of even suggesting the fact that he could be on that list. Let me put it this way, Brad, can I tell you what I think is really happening here? Go for it. Um, this is what I think is happening. 
I believe that Jimmy Kimmel in the world of Hollywood, there's probably a lot of his friends and people he really likes that are on that list. And he's realizing that a lot of people that he associates with are going to be tied up with this. And that doesn't look good for him, even if he's not on the list. But his world's about to get flipped, turned upside down when he realizes that he associates with a lot of people that were friends with Epstein. And that may be what really bothers him the most, or maybe it doesn't bother him at all. But I, I think Jimmy Kimmel is such a baby if he's threatening to sue Aaron Rodgers over the comments we just listened. Did, did that seem over the top at all to you? Well, what it sounds like to me is that Kim, Kimmel is very upset because like what you were saying, if he finds out that there's a bunch of people that he associated with, that he did all this, you know, that he rubbed elbows with, all that other sort of thing that are on this list – what that does is is that makes Jimmy Kimmel look like a hypocrite, hypocrite because what Kimmel has been doing, not necessarily on this, but just over the past, I don't know, four or five years of his career, he's done nothing but virtue signal about how good he is <laughs> and how bad other people are. And then now, if this list comes out and Jimmy Kimmel is associates with people on this list, it kind of really hurts his credibility and it makes him look really bad, even if he himself is not on that list, because he was rubbing elbows. And that is the standard that he has had for other people in that in, in those circumstances, not specifically to child trafficking, but anything. He's like, if you were associated with this person, you're bad because you didn't tell this person to stop doing what they're doing. Well, he set that standard out there, and now if it comes out that he was uh, even just in proximity to these people, it makes him look like a huge hypocrite, and that's bad for him. Oh, yeah. Well, Bill Maher warned about this years ago. Do you remember those comments? And I'll just paraphrase what Bill Maher said, and this is fantastic line of thinking. And I think this is really where it started. I think some Republicans started to say, well, maybe this liberal ain't all wrong moment that Bill Maher had. Essentially, he was talking about cancel culture. And he said just how crazy things have gotten where you'll go back two decades in order to try to nail someone based on something that may have been said that wasn't against some sort of cultural standard. Or maybe it was a joke that someone said at the time that was deemed acceptable, but if you used it today, it wouldn't be deemed acceptable. So you know what? We're going to hold someone to the standards of today for something that happened two decades ago or three decades ago. And we're talking in some cases, even free speech and jokes. So Bill Maher said, to warning to all of his liberal friends and basically looking at the camera saying, so this is what's going to happen next. The extension of that is, well, you should have known better when that person made that joke and you're telling me you didn't say anything. Now you're just as guilty. What you just said, Brad, is essentially the warning Bill Maher gave to his party years ago when we started to see people digging up things just to nail someone based on something that wasn't against a standard then. So now Jimmy Kimmel living in that and, you know, it's in, in the sense he feels like this is the culture and this is the type of people I'm around all the time. So this is the standard I live up to. Now it's time for him to either put up or shut up. And guess what happens? He's going to try to, I don't know, change his tune or, or basically make it look like he wasn't part of that in order to protect himself. I don't think there's any way it's, it's super hypocritical and he deserves to get nailed for something like this. And for him to go out there and say, uh, you better have good lawyers for what you just heard is completely thin-skinned and ridiculous, and you don't get to play both sides in something like this. Like, all of a sudden, you're a victim when you're really not. Well, how often has Jimmy Kimmel done something similar to other people on his show? 
you know, linking them to something that they weren't linked to, accusing them of something that they weren't accused of, and he didn't get sued for that. Now, whenever somebody does the same thing, probably in the same manner that Kimmel was doing it in jest for entertainment purposes, Kimmel loses his mind. If you can't, <laughs> don't dish it out if you can't take it. Yeah, that's it. The, the fact that, too, um, all the different footage we have of him and things that don't hold up to today's standards, by the way, the dressing in blackface and you rapping songs and saying the N-word over and over and over again, uh, degrading women, uh, some of the real uh, questionable type of jokes. Some things you would look at and say, okay, you can look back at those things and say, okay, you know, times have changed when it came to comedy. But if you're part of the mob that goes out there and tries to nail someone for those exact same comments, and then you feel like you're immune to it, even though you participated in the same things, it shows you are a hypocrite. Now, same thing's going to happen here. Going back and all the times you tried to nail someone for something that happened in their past, and here you are elbow to elbow with all these people on the Epstein list you're great friends with them. Uh, so now you're going to have to decide, are you going to show some integrity and disavow all these people on the list that have become your friends and help you rise to network television? Or are you going to uh, defend them? Are you going to disavow them? What are you going to do? Uh, no, I'm just going to sue anyone that suggests I've done anything wrong. <laughs> it's so yeah. ridiculous. Uh, so that's basically it. And if you go back and you look at some of the other comments, uh, Jimmy Kimmel really laid into Aaron Rodgers over and over and over again throughout the years. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I find that Aaron Rodgers being level-headed, he's been probably, I don't know if you want to take a, 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 a record if you're keeping score at home, but I would say that Jimmy Kimmel wasn't right most of the time in a lot of these different things that he did and the way that he approached it. So Pat McAfee show, by the way, is, is still one of the most watched streams podcast. It is super hot show. They got signed in with ESPN. He's got his own show there, too. There's a reason why people um, like that kind of open flow talk where people can be free to express themselves and things like that. And there's why people are moving away from the late night talk show hosts that people just don't care about anymore. All right. Uh, when we come back, are we going to do Evan Brown? Is he on hold or is Evan Brown um, wanting to come he's, on now? He's it's on, up to you. He's on the line. Um, do we, we, we want to take him now and just take a late break? It's up yeah, to you. Yeah, we can do that. Let's just take him now. Okay. Fox News national correspondent Evan Brown joins us now. Thank you so much for joining us on 97.1 FM Talk. You're welcome. Good. Uh, happy New Year. Good afternoon. We're, Happy New Year to you. We play this at the start of the show. Larry David says you only have three days to say Happy New Year. So today's the last day. So we got it in just in time. Um, Is that three I, days or three business days? Because there's, you know. <laughs> three days total. Three days okay. total. Uh, so <laughs> we're broadcasters. We live in the real world. We don't get days off. What are you talking about? <laughs> business days. Uh, so <laughs> there's a lot of states that have enacted some new gun laws on the books, some more extreme than others. And I live in Michigan right now, and I do a lot of fill-in work, including here in St. Louis. So in Michigan, we had some changes in laws. A lot of them were very quickly enacted after the shooting at Michigan State University. So they did safe storage laws and red flag laws, things like that. What are some of the new laws that are on the books and what are some of those in states that may be a little bit more extreme than that? Well, there, there's a couple of big ones. One is in Illinois where, and this was a result of or reaction to the mass shooting at the Highland Park July 4th uh, parade a couple of years ago. 
Uh, and that was the creation of a registry for semi-automatic rifles, things like the AR-15. And they've given people a lot of time to, to register their firearms with law enforcement. Uh, and anyone who is now found in possession of an unregistered AR-15 or something similar uh, could face a, a prosecution, uh, could get fined, could get could even uh, something worse than that. So uh, there's um, th- that's a pretty extreme thing that I know a lot of people are not happy about. Um, uh, the idea of gun registries uh, really leaves a sour taste in the mouth of Second Amendment advocates. Um, uh, there are other states that have similar things that sort of are de facto gun registries. For instance, uh, New York uh, State, uh, you have to have your firearms listed on your permit, for instance. And some people have argued that's essentially a registry. Um, uh, but uh, that, that's something that's sort of been coming for a long time. California, however, has a law that's come on the books that a, uh, a federal district court had tried to nix, and then the Circuit Court of Appeals reinstated pending the outcome of the court case. Uh, and that was a, a, the creation of 26 different types of places around the state that you could not carry, even if you could legally carry. And this was written in reaction to the Bruin decision of the Supreme Court, which undid a lot of New York State's uh, very strict uh, rules on concealed carry. Uh, so, for instance, this California law could, you know, random sidewalks could be a no-go zone for, for carrying your firearm. And you may or may not know which sidewalk you're on if you don't see a sign posted or if you cross the street or the go to the next block and the changes inadvertently. So that's um, you know, that that's considered to be uh, running afoul, at least by Second Amendment advocates uh, uh, opinions. They, they runs afoul of, the, of, you know, the Constitution. And so they're fighting that, um, you know, in, in the courts. Uh, and then another one that's, again, it could create confusion for a lot of gun owners, Delaware. Uh, will now make it illegal for you to have your firearm, even if you can legally carry, uh, at a polling place. Hmm. And uh, the question is, you know, is it a polling place? You know, when is a polling place a polling place? Is it just a polling place on Election Day or or days where where voting is happening? I mean, a lot of polling places are, you know, public buildings that you normally would go in and out of. Um, so sure. at what point do you, you know, where, what are the what are the specifics here? And uh, some would argue that these these laws are created intentionally to be confusing, to try to persuade you to just be a oh, heck with it. I'll leave my gun at home as opposed to carrying it legally, which might be your right. Yeah. And it gets a, a lot of people frustrated. So I think there is a difference in polling places. For example, a church that's putting it on may have a different threshold of how comfortable you are versus a school that may be holding an election uh, and what's allowed on the grounds of that. And then if you look on the California side, I get why so many people are upset. So many of these different cities, you're going to walk over syringes. You're going to see open air drug deals and fentanyl, yeah. and you're going to see homeless camps. But my goodness, if you have a firearm that's on you at the time, that's the thing that they'll really be interested in as, as a law abiding citizen. Um, that's the thing that I think gets people really upset. You see, these lawmakers are targeting them that are trying to comply legally with these laws and making it harder for someone to legally comply with these laws when in reality there's a lot of other problems that they're sidestepping well i mean that's that is part of the argument against it saying you are trying to make it hard for me to uh carry my firearm which is a legal right i have and i've already jumped through your hoops in terms of getting permitted 
Uh, now you're trying to make it more difficult for me, and I'm the one who's following the law. And as you've mentioned, we have all these other troubles happening in our communities, and they're not being addressed by either state legislatures or governor of a specific state, whether you talk about California, you talk about Illinois. Uh, both seem to be having similar problems. Um, so the, uh, But that, that tends to be one of the arguments that ends up getting some of these laws thrown out, is that they are arbitrary. They, they, there is precedent to suggest or previous decisions to suggest that they run afoul of the Second Amendment. Uh, and, and often we see a lot of success in fighting against these laws, uh, but, uh, but sometimes it takes a while. Right. Uh, joining us here is Eben Brown, Fox News national correspondent. Different states signing in some new gun laws in 2024. Thank you so much for joining us here in St. Louis, and Happy New Year to you one last time before we can say I can't say that anymore. Happy New Year. The, 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 talk is, the clock is ticking until we can't say it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Eben Brown joins us here from Fox News, and he does a fantastic job in his work. I'm Ryan Recker filling in for Andy Fry on 97.1 FM Talk. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. There it is. Finally, Vanilla Ice. We played the audio yesterday from Mar-a-Lago and New Year's Eve, and I saw the video. I think it was Michelangelo up there dancing with Vanilla Ice. Mar-a-Lago in front of Donald Trump and all the crowd for New Year's Eve partying. There it was. The Ninja Turtles showed up for Donald Trump's New Year's Eve party. How crazy of a time that is. Think about what a time. I mean, honestly, you had Donald Trump. He's in Home Alone 2. And he's out there pimping for Pizza Hut. And Vanilla Ice in the Ninja Turtles are hot. And here it is, 2024. And he brings it all together at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> so great. That would have been a party, man. I That would have got me off the couch. If someone said, hey, you want to go party with Vanilla Ice and the Ninja Turtles? I would not have missed that. I would have, I would have done everything I could to be there. Uh, that is so funny. You know, I was telling some people about that the Mar-a-Lago party and they made it sound like I was crazy for getting excited that that was a great idea. They thought that was so stupid. I thought it was fantastic myself. Um, Fox news, uh, Fox two news 
had a story about Governor Mike Parson, and I'm sure Mark Cox in the morning was talking all about this, but he signed an executive order about foreign-owned farmland in the state of Missouri. And this has become more of a concern nationally speaking. Why is China coming in and buying a bunch of farmland in the United States? And should that happen? A lot of states and lawmakers have had this discussion, and they've come to the same conclusion. There's no good that can come from this. And I think Governor Parson is right to do something. Let me play this. After years of failed legislation, the governor is taking matters into his own hands. We are banning all purchases of Missouri agriculture land within 10 miles of critical military facilities by adversary nations, including China. His executive order also directs the state's Department of Agriculture to enact stricter requirements for foreign purchases of land. We believe this order today sufficiently protects Missourian security interests and potential bad actors while not punishing our allies for being good economic partners. So I try to, whenever I hear a news story like this, look at both sides. So what is the upside to allowing China to own farmland in the state of Missouri? What is the argument that should be made that this executive order is a bad one? I I really don't know, honestly. And when I think about this, I wonder what is the upside? Like who, who does that benefit allowing China to buy farmland? And is it just that you're saying it's conspiratorial and they're perfectly normal for foreign entities to go and buy part of our food chain that we rely on here in the United States, much like China has disrupted a lot of our commerce during COVID and made shipping a complete nightmare. Net, we've seen also them using slave labor with the Uyghurs and them not treating their people all that well. We already know that they also put pressure onto other entities in the region, entities that are friendly to terrorism and help support them, which also then in return turns on the United States. China's not a friend to us, and they shouldn't be treated like friends. So why would we allow these type of government entities or big oligarchs or whatever, these big Chinese investors, buy up our farmland? What would be the benefit of allowing something like that to happen? And Brad, I can't think of one reason why this should allow be allowed to happen. Can I, what's the argument for it? The, the argument for it has always been it's it's about money. It's about free market uh, trade. We should be able to sell like private entities should be able to sell to whoever they want to sell for. But the other side of that is, is it's a national security threat. Uh, this farmland, I believe Parson was talking about, was near like secure facilities and they didn't want China to have access to those secure facilities, which this seems to be a pattern that that we're seeing from China, that they like to buy up properties around facilities that might be of interest to them militarily so that they can allegedly, maybe, possibly, like the only thing that I could see them gaining out of it is spy, essentially. Espionage. They've got a history of that. Yeah. Let's just put a balloon over the country, you know, if they can't get the farmland close enough or maybe build something on that land that would be used to, oh, I don't know, intercept or spy or do whatever. And it is a major uh, concern. So uh, just let alone the major concern being that a disruption into our food chain is something that could be very devastating for the United States in the future. So, you know, Governor Mike Parson, this is his approach. His approach is we've had time and we've needed to do something on this. I'm just going to put this executive order in. If you can do something legislatively the way I prefer it to happen, then this executive order is a mute point. If not, this is the fail safe just so we have something. And you know what? That's an interesting approach. And I feel like he's being as delicate 
as possible for that approach. All right, when we come back, we got a whole nother hour planned for you, and I really look forward to talking to DeRoy Murdoch. He's a nationally syndicated columnist, a member of Project 21. You're listening to The Andy Fry Show on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 